Hello and welcome to this episode of the Gaming Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Magazine. You can check out more from Gaming Magazine by visiting GamingMag.com. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G Mag.com. And remember, new episodes of the Gaming Podcast come out every two weeks. If you're new to the podcast, please click subscribe so you don't miss another episode. A quick shout out to our newest patron, uh, Dieter Wolfram. I apologize if I completely butchered your name. Uh, you can become a patron of Gaming Magazine and benefit from loads of exclusive content, competitions, and so much more. Head to patreon.com forward slash gaming mag. Later in the show, I'm going to be joined by the video game developers Gary Adrian Randall and Jason Moriarty from Seagullfish Entertainment, the company behind the awesome game Enter the Reveries. Uh, but first, to talk about the games we've been playing and news stories we've been reading, I'm joined by Gaming's Deputy Editor Amy, and all the way from the US of A, making their podcast debut, is Caitlin. How are you both? Hi. I'm, hi, I'm great. I'm, like, super <laughs> stoked. <laughs> I'm also super stoked. Amy and I have never gotten a podcast together. We've only just, like, really? shitposted no. uh, on Twitter and, like, playing TTRPGs together, so I'm very excited. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I said to you today. I was like, I'm so excited. I know when I was up at five in the morning for no yeah. fucking reason. Can yeah. I curse? Is that a thing I can do? Okay, cool. I should have asked before yeah. we started. Fine. It's fine. I forget. Um, when, yeah. when, I set the, when I set the podcast up initially, I'd, I'd sort of made that um, the sort of overall setting of it like clean. Mm. But literally, mm-hmm. I think out of the 14 episodes we've done, I think one of them's made it clean, and I've had to tick every other one as explicit at some point, so... Yeah, I just, I, yeah. As, so, as soon as we make a new feed for Uppercut, I'm like, explicit, it's just, it's gonna be... <laughs> just, just default. Mm-hmm. It's just easier. It really yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, our opening segment is called What's in Your Slot? This is where I ask each guest to talk about the games they've been playing recently. Now, before I start with the game that I've been playing, uh, we'll do some Animal Crossing admin. Uh, for the la- <laughs> for, yes, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've always ended up talking about Animal Crossing at some point. So I'm going to get ahead of the game here. Does anyone have any Animal Crossing business we need to get rid of? Um, I just need to get rid of the stock on my island. That's That's all I need. <laughs> I don't know um, what their name is. I don't care. Amy, what the fuck? Learn their names. I it, it's like <laughs> it's like male or male or something. It's probably not even male. It's just like it's a name. Just because you don't like them, that doesn't mean you shouldn't learn their names. <laughs> so that's so sexist. Just because it's male, you don't want to learn their name. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're digital people. Um, I'm not playing Animal Crossing anymore. Um, I am drinking out of a rolled mug. I also have a rolled shirt coming in the mail, so that's my that's Love my it. Animal Crossing update. Love it. I, I managed to get rid of my jock uh, frog, thinking that I got away with finally gotten rid of the jock off the island. Okay, and he, but... was re- he was replaced by a jock hamster. Uh, I don't know, I don't know Robin, I can't believe you said oppress the jocks on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, but Robin, do you know what their name is? Giving me shit. Do you even know what their name is? Um. Exactly. So, in my defense, they've only just arrived. Uh, mm. But I know that the outgoing one was called Tad. So, I oh, remember. That is kind of a shitty, that's a douchey name. I'll give you it, that. It's the most jokey kind of name anyway. Tad the Frog. <laughs> Although, Tadpole, I guess where that, I, okay, I can see where they get it from. Okay, fine, whatever. Um. <laughs> 
the only I thing didn't I even get... think of that. Uh, oh, well. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Two dumb gay asses <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, the only Animal Crossing thing I need to get rid of is Timmy and Tommy. Um, they <laughs> have been completely undercutting me recently um, on the turnip prices. Uh, I got offered 35 bells this morning and I nearly bombed their shop. <laughs> I don't think you can do that at Animal Crossing. You can These, now. these are the things that I need in my life. It's just to commit violence. I want to go and beat up my villagers. Um, I, I already try and hit them with the um, with, with the basket the anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If I really hate them, I left one with nits for a bit longer than I needed to. Um, just what? Just... Timmy and Tommy can get fleas. No, no, no. One of my uh, islanders. Oh, I was gonna say. Wait, the islanders can get fleas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Apple in my island, she's constantly getting fleas, and I'm just like, Dirty bitch. girl, I love you. <laughs> Yeah, that's my what? second opinion. I Both... did not know that was a thing. Yeah, they can yeah. get fleas. It's, you, have uh... to, you have to go up to them with a basket and, and you oh. try to... And it sort of scoops it off their head and they suddenly feel better. Oh. Yeah, they thank you and everything. I'm like, if someone, like, took a knit off my hair or something, I'd be fucking... I don't know. I wouldn't show my face ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Someone just reaches over and... Flicks a knit like a knit off you. Fuck. Well, do you want to keep it though? Like, I mean, did you learn its name? I I didn't. Wait, why am I saying that? I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm being like put in a corner here. <laughs> it's not even six minutes. Well, it is six minutes, and I'm being it's exactly six minutes yeah. in. <laughs> Um, it's, it's six minutes in you haven't talked about Star Wars or Dragon Age yet but I suspect we'll get through them at some point give, give That's it okay. some time between Amy and I we are looking to talk about both Dragon Age and Star Wars today yeah. why not very good why um, not now a uh, game I've been playing recently uh, was Borderlands 3 and I, the only reason I've been playing it recently of course is that when they first released it it was a bit crap um, and they, I think they released a patch recently for it. Um, and so I, I was sort of sweeping through updates and downloads and whatever on my Xbox. And I, I noticed that Borderlands 3 had a big uh, download. So I, I downloaded it, I played it again, and they fixed it. And it's really, really cool. And you can move around, you can actually, there's no lag, there's no fanning around, and you can actually sort of play a very, very good game. Um, I think what they've been good at is giving more... Uh, control over the sort of uh, the way the graphics are played and presented and you can turn maybe it down a little bit so obviously I'm a bit cheap so I've only got the Xbox One S not the X mm -hmm. but it's obviously built for the X and the Pro and whatever else so um, it's it's it when we when it first came out it still has um, it had a real sort of like lag issue and it was appalling and it just was unplayable um, and the biggest thing, of course, is the fact that with Borderlands, the whole point about Borderlands is it's a couch co-op. The whole thing, the entire game is built around the premise of being a couch co-op. Yet, that's the one thing, even this new patch, they still haven't fixed yet. You're still dealing really? with um, horizontal... Uh, yeah, horizontal-only split-screen. That's weird. Which is just stupid. Because uh -huh. <laughs> for a game that's got so much vertical sort of uh, like highs and lows and whatever... You can't even see it. 
Um, and then when you bring up the menu system, it hasn't adapted to the fact that on like a widescreen TV, it's just like a tiny sliver of a letterbox. So the, the, the menus are still crunched very much into the middle of the screen. So you then can't see what gun you're going to pick up or anything. So, and then, of course, if someone opens, if one of the people opens their menu, the other person's game just completely freezes and jitters and lags and whatever else. So that... I, I... I swear we talked about this issue like last year. We did. <laughs> uh, un, un, oh, yeah, well, because that was like a known, yeah, that was like a known issue with it. But I'm surprised that like it's still so fucked up. Yeah, That's absolutely. Weird. And I think, to be honest with you, they've been firefighting everything so hard that every single step of the way, the patches they've been doing are so critical. Um, mm. They just haven't got round to doing the split screen yet because that's, I think in the grand scheme of things, probably the least of their concerns. Um, like the actual main solo play can't, well, struggled a little bit. Now it's been fixed and now it's really good and you can actually play it. Um, yeah. Which is cool because it's sort of, it's the reason I wanted to pick it back up again is I really wanted to get through it. Um, I finally, finally met Tiny Tina, which is cool. We love Tiny Tina. Um, and, but to encounter her, you had to get sort of like about halfway through the game. So trying to get that far just to even see Tiny Tina to start off with was the important thing. Mm. And then I'm really desperate to get through to a point where I can play uh, the DLC, Guns, Love and Tentacles, um, which, of course, has the gay wedding. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm really keen to play as well, because obviously Matt reviewed that uh, for us um, a couple of weeks ago now, I mean. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it, I'm not yeah, really... I mean, I'm, I'm super keen to sort of get into it because it's, it's meant to be like really Lovecraftian kind of almost steampunky kind of uh, aesthetic. And it's like really, mm. really different for Borderlands to do that. So, so yeah. Hopefully less racist if it's Lovecraftian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully. True. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. With Borderlands. Borderlands, I feel like there's like a 50-50 maybe on like how that's going to go. True. I, I think with Borderlands, you're always on the, on the safe ground of at least being um, well respected and or done authentically. I think there's always that thing about they kind of take the Family Guy approach of taking the mick out of everyone. Um, but I think equally, the one thing they are sensitive to, I think, is is uh, race issues and and diversity in general. So I'm I'm hopeful that they've done that okay because obviously Hammerlock um, himself, one of the guys getting married, is. Uh, a black guy so there's hopefully sort of a good amount of representation and stuff in there so i'm excited to sort of get that far so i'm going to keep sort of plugging on and that's my that's my sort of lockdown life at the moment is is that uh swearing at animal crossing mm. um and i'm still tinkering around with uh, mario and rabbits as well oh yeah i believe um when shay thompson was on here she called them minions. Like she was like, oh, she, she, or something like that. And I was like, rabbits are a lot more annoying than minions in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about minions is that the white Facebook moms really just made them terrible. Okay, um, that's true. Like they were annoying, and then the white Facebook mom memes started coming out, and that just really threw them over the edge. Um, <laughs> the rabbits haven't gotten that treatment. Yeah. They could if if, if I, I think they're too to ugly. Them. I don't think that white women like them because they're not cute. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But like minions the minions, cute? minions are cuter than rabbits. Uh, I don't know about that, Caitlin. Rabbits are. I mean, rabbits are, are ugly yeah, as no. fuck. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, with, I'm, I'm completely with Caitlin on this. They got scary eyes. They got bad teeth. Like, the minions are just vibing. <laughs> yeah, but they just want to be loved, I guess. I don't know. So I don't minions. know I'm tweeting this. We're tweeting a poll right now. <laughs> no, no. Every time, every time I make something controversial, it gets a poll. <laughs> yeah, that's how we solve things in the year of our Lord 2020. God damn it. That's not true. I mean, I made a poll once and it was like, which is the better game? Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, or Dragon Age Inquisition? And people voted for Dragon Age Inquisition. That's because people are dumb. Okay, see? Exactly. You know I don't like Dragon Age Inquisition. (laughs) Nobody does that lying to themselves. Yeah, it's not a good video game. It's not. It sucks. You know what? It's a good video game. Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Awakening, especially Dragon Age Awakening. <laughs> K- Kenneth Shepard, uh, if he listens to this right now, he's gonna just, like, shake Ken, with rage. Ken, I love Ken. you. I love Ken. you, but get fucked. Uh, <laughs> with your bad opinions. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. No, it's true. No, 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 no. <laughs> Amy and I just mm, we're going. It, in in twenty in twenty minutes or so, I'm, I'm going to check back in with you on that poll, and we'll see what and we'll see what the answer is, and and that's, we'll see. That's oh, that con- that's that conundrum in life sorted. <laughs> okay, fine. Amy, go on, talk. That's not about <laughs> Dragon Age. <sighs> I can't talk then, Robin. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I have been playing Final Fantasy X which is amazing in every single way. Uh, but mostly, I've been playing the Blitzball minigame. And I, Kaylee, I remember you playing on Twitter once, like, something about, is Final Fantasy X a sports anime? And I'm like, yeah. yes. Because <laughs> I'm listening to, so my friends have a, it was formerly a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast, and now it's a Final Fantasy X recap podcast. It's called God mm. Mem- Got It Memorized. It's very good. Um, so shout-outs to them. But uh, I've been listening to them talk about Final Fantasy X, and I was like, this seems like a sports anime to me. But I need confirmation on that, because uh, I'm not a Final Fantasy person, so if I play this, I want to be sure I'm actually going to like it. Because mm. um, I, I love a sports anime. But, um, yeah. Is it fun? Yeah, it's super fun. I'm... I mean, I'm revisiting it because I first played it when I was like, I don't know, like eight or something, and then I haven't touched it ever again. But I remember having really good memories of it, and I remember playing Blitzball so much. And now that I've got through the Blitzball tournament again, I'm just like, screw the actual storyline, I'm going to be playing Blitzball for a long time. And yeah, yesterday I had like two hours before I had to go to sleep pretty much otherwise i'd be awake all night and i was like i'm gonna use those two hours to basically play blitzball didn't even progress for the main mission at all and it's it's, it's so good i mean the controls are super janky and i feel like you know if you haven't played the game before you might be like what the hell is this because uh like it's kind of like uh, you only really get to control your players uh, unless um, if they have the ball. But if they don't have the ball, you're kind of like stuck praying, hoping that they go tackle the other players. And you're like, and if 
the AI is so ridiculous sometimes, and it's like, you know what, we're just gonna go to the opposite side of the pitch. And I'm just like, yes, thank you. This is exactly what I wanted. Thank you so much, Titus. The... <laughs> By the way, it's F Titus sorry. and not Titus. <laughs> that is all I wanted to add. <laughs> okay. For the, for the uninitiated, uh, can you describe mm -hmm. Blitzball? Okay. Well... Um, it's weird because I heard Blitzball was a thing in America and it's not the Final Fantasy Blitzball. But anyway, it's basically an underwater football, if I had to describe it. And you basically swim and score goals by kicking and shooting and that kind of stuff. So basically, like I said, it's football or soccer for you <laughs> Americans out there. That, wow, uh, wow I, I, Amy, keep the disdain <laughs> a little bit out of your voice, please. I'm Damn, sorry. it's not my Wait. fault. <laughs> I didn't do me. it. <laughs> For you Americans. I didn't ask to be here. <laughs> That's me whenever someone talks about England. It's like, oh, God, I'm sorry I exist. I, it wasn't my fault either. But... Uh, Anyway, that can be talked about in the that's, next section. That's, yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, soccer. I can't even remember where I was. Oh, wait, yeah. Um, soccer place, underwater. Soccer underwater, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you have to, like, uh, coach people. And, like, you have to basically uh, get techniques and everything like that. And it sounds really boring, and how I describe it, but it's so fun. It's really fun. I. <laughs> I feel like if Square Enix like made a game just solely on Blitzball, I'd just eat that shit up. I'd be like, yep, thank you, you won't see me ever again. And I'm not even a sporty person, but it's so fun. And I remember like being eight and really wanting to play Blitzball. It's like... Um... Oh. Amy, have you played Pyre? Pyre, yes, I love Pyre. Pyre is Py fucking good. Pyre is so good. It is... Ooh. I love that game. It More is, games uh... should make sports fun. Mm. Plus, because you get sports like... games are boring. <laughs> yeah, sports <laughs> games are boring. But in the pyre, you get a ghost wife, so that's even better. True. So... <laughs> even if like the sports is terrible, if they give you a, a ghost wife, it's you still terrible. got a ghost wife, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we spoke on the last podcast, I think, a little bit about sports. We did the sports. Um, but I was just going to ask about other games that have other ga mini games within them that are almost now as famous as the game that they were in. Sonic Adventure Two Chow Garden. Yes, and I was I was thinking <laughs> Gwent. Uh, Gwent. Oh yeah, well, Gwent has its own Gwent. game now too. I mean, yes, it, it's actually jumped. It's sort of jumped yeah. the shark a little bit where the games actually come out of the game that's still a game. Um, so it's just, I just, yeah, just off the top of my head, I was just thinking about, do you remember on Grand Theft Auto, I'm tempted to say San Andreas, you, you used to actually be able to go and play, particularly in Las Vegas or whatever they called it, Las Venturas, you mm. could actually go into the casinos and not just the, uh, the gambling bits, but also you could go and play some of the slot machines, um, and actually play mini games like sort of classic sort of Pong and Minesweeper and, uh, Space Invaders and that sort of thing oh, in game. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, um, Judgment, the, from the studios that does mm -hmm. Yakuza games, mm. they have a, 
an arcade and they put mini games on there and it's so good i actually played a lot of the mini games instead of the main quest but yeah ju- if you want to look at a perfect example for that it's yeah. definitely try judgment out it's so good that's cool i think it's they should f- make a chow garden game <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what that is i'm like so in I- sonic adventure 2 um, uh-huh. I learned this during my 24, well, it wasn't 24 hours, thank God, but my like 14 hour <laughs> Sonic stream, um, that it's like, a, it's like a pet game where you hatch these little critters from eggs and uh-huh. then you can like give them animals and they like steal features from the animals. And then also you give them juices that make them stronger in different stats. And then you can have them like fight or race. Um, and they're adorable. And, uh, we, Nuzlocked ours, so uh, if he didn't win races, we were gonna kill him. Oh, oh my wow. god! Okay. No. So, so you're, you're getting your characters juiced up and fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. He was my son. Pebbles uh, almost died, but we we had people uh, donate more money to save his life. <laughs> okay, so that's how you do charity, huh? Interesting. Listen, if you hold cute things hostage, people will pay. <laughs> Hold on, you get my dog for a second, Izzy. <laughs> a good life lesson. Um, Amy, are you done with what you're talking about playing or anything uh, else you've been? Well, I've been playing a little game and I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Dragon Age 2. But apart Is from it? that, yeah, I know we never really talk about it. I Amy, feel like... are you just perpetually playing Dragon Age 2? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, like, I kind of thought that, but, like, in a shitposty way from our conversations. Like, I didn't think you were, like, actively playing it every day. Yeah, yeah, I played it. Uh, I played it because um, I'm going on Normandy FM, so I'm like, I need to catch up, that kind of thing. But also... Oh, shit, I'm going on Normandy FM for it, too. (laughs) (laughs) I I think mine's not for a while. I'm doing one of the DLCs, I think. Oh, fair enough. I don't know. Okay, but also I'm always playing Dragon Age too. That's just yeah. She has thing. to she has to go out and buy the game every now and again because the the laser <laughs> from the from the disc drive literally burns its way through the disc. Mm, yeah, maybe that's I why mean, you buy it digital on your Xbox. <laughs> I I don't I I don't have an Xbox anymore. But uh, I've bought it on PS3 and I uh, I bought it on PC when I get my gaming laptop because modding I'm so powerful now. But <laughs> It's a, yeah, it's a thing. Everyone's like, everyone's probably like, oh, when is Amy not playing Dragon Age 2? And it's like, I'm never not playing it. It's so great. <laughs> the, the, the day that you're not playing it, I suspect that you're dead. Yeah, you should. You should suspect yeah, that. Yeah, I so. just, I have to like readjust my mind frame now. Because I'm like, yeah, Amy always has like a save open. But like, I didn't think you were like actively just like playing it all the time. Um, so that's new information for me. Does that change uh, your perspective of me, Caitlin? No, I mean, it fits with, uh, (laughs) what I know. It's just, um, I mean, I'm glad that you're having fun. I'm glad that you're making time to have fun. (laughs) We don't do that. When was the last, when was the last time we played games we weren't writing about, you know? Yeah. Oh true. God, that's just made me depressed now. I'm just I'm saying. That's okay, so well, true. We'll, we'll move on then. Um, <laughs> Caitlin, what have you been playing? Uh, speaking of games that we've been uh, 
playing to write about, well, yeah. and also yeah. to be on brand. Uh, I have been playing uh, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. I remember liking that game when I played it as a kid, but I played it on my Wii, and the motion controls were not good. Dad was um, on the Wii? I didn't yeah. know it was on the Wii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and my dad was like, you should buy it on the Wii because then you can do the lightsaber fights. And I was like, I don't know. I was I don't know how old I was when that game came out. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. No, it wasn't. The block didn't work. No. You would get just your shit wrecked by people just like, you try to block and they'd be like, nope, lightsaber directly yeah. to the face. Um, <laughs> it came It came with an attachment, didn't it, for the Wii controller that so. actually... That looks like, like a lightsaber, but it yeah, just didn't work. It, it was bad. It was super yeah. not good. Um, so playing it now, I was a little bit afraid it was going to be like shitty and old and clunky, but it's actually like pretty solid still. Like the camera mm. angles are not great sometimes, but um, overall, like it's still super playable and I've been having fun. Um, I'm only like on the second mission, but it's a good time. It came mm. up in the news the other day that um, the... Oh, bugger, I forgot the name of it. What was it the new Star Wars? Amy, Jedi. Fallen Order Republic? Fallen yep. Order, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's done so well, There's they're going to release a sequel to it, or they're claiming Ooh. it's the first one. The first one of many. Um, oh. And there was some discussion online about people sort of like go, do you want a sequel to that, or do you want a sequel to Force Awakens? Uh, Force Awakens. Force Unleashed. <laughs> oh, God, we had. I don't want any more Force Awakens. Well, and that's interesting, too, because it did get a sequel, but I heard it wasn't good. No. Nah. I never played it. No. Uh, no I didn't I, know I, unfortunately, that went, into the, that went into the pile of shit Star Wars games, um, <laughs> mm. which is significantly higher than the game of good, uh, the pile of good yeah. Star Wars games. Um, but yeah, so sorry, you were saying about so that you, you've been playing uh, Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I'm excited to get my lightsaber crystals so that I can have my hot pink lightsaber and murder people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. I like it. I would like to see more games like that, honestly, like just running around doing four shit. Because um, I haven't played uh, Fallen Order, but I'm kind of tempted to now, I guess. Um, I have another game on my list. I'll, and I I'll mail you. I'll mail you Fallen Order. I I am not. Oh, I, I haven't. I don't even <sighs> have. I mean, it's not that I hate the game. I just know I'm not gonna play it again. Oh yeah, Amy, if you want to mail it to me, I'll take it from you. <laughs> I'll pay for the postage. <laughs> um, but I've also been playing Sea of Thieves. We just did a stream over on nice. Overcut of uh, Sea of Thieves, and that game is fun and pretty and chaotic. Mm. Um, it's actually scary. Yeah, Sea of Thieves actually is my is my local game. Um, where I live in the UK, um, mm-hmm. the studio of it is like twenty minutes down the road. Okay. Really? Oh god. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, it, yeah, it's, it's in Tamworth, which is literally That's... about twenty minutes drive from where I live in Sutton Coalfield. So, anyway, that's I I, I never played it. That's just my god, little joke. That's my little junk knowledge to contribute to the conversation, oh, no, I, really. I hadn't played it until I bought my Xbox, and then I got Game Pass, and I was like, all right, this is like something I can play with other people. Um, and it's been really fun. Um, mm. It's it's Especially like if you have a lot of chaotic people on your team, <laughs> um, it can be very interesting. Like Jess was really on one, and she was just like, 
yeeting herself off of the boat and like fighting snakes really aggressively and like <laughs> yelling at gold-plated skeletons that we couldn't kill. Um, I think she shot one in the face with a cannon off of the boat at one point. Um, oh, and then we set our boat on fire at the end. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. I like that game. The water is so pretty. It's like the prettiest game. I should give it a go, because I've got it on Game Pass, and I just haven't yeah. given it a go yet, And I, but I'm scared, because, like... <laughs> Amy, if you weren't on this homophobic UK schedule, we could play together, but... I know. I mean, we can still play together, I just don't sleep, you know what I mean? Well, we I, mean, I anyway. guess we could do it, we could do it on the weekend, because, like, working and stuff. Okay, well, w- let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Alright. <laughs> We're gonna be gay pirates. Hell yeah, it sounds like an average tabletop session to me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Before we uh, head off into our break, um, is there an update on the poll, Caitlin? Uh, it's not good. Um, Does that mean it goes against your... Yeah, people are dumb <laughs> and they think yeah. rabbits are cute. Like fucking <laughs> monsters. I haven't even voted yet myself. Hold on, wait. Let me this find my terrible. phone. There are so many people in my mentions right now defending rabbits. This is you disgusting. Know what? This is you a hate what? crime. It's true. That's why, Caitlin. What? It, 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 it's fine. It's true. It's not. It's this is this is bad. Like this is another example of the gaming industry being heavily propagandized to accept bullshit. <laughs> And it's not even close either. I'm, I'm just looking. No, rabbits are like crushing it. Forty odd people have voted, and we're talking eighty-two percent in favor of rabbits. It's terrible. That's a, that's a significant vote. That's not like one that's going to have to go to the electoral college or anything, is it? No, that's, that's, no, that's, literally... that's just straight up people think yeah. that. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Well, on that bombshell, uh, we're gonna, we're going to take a short break. And we'll be back in just a minute. Gaming Magazine is about to get a whole lot better. Become a patron of Gaming Magazine and take your love of gaming to a whole new level. We're talking exclusive content, big prizes, and a peek behind the scenes of your favourite gaming magazine with a new patron-only podcast. Plus, you'll be helping us support our wonderful freelance writers. So if you enjoy what we do and want to toss us some coin, then have we got some juicy stuff just for you. Visit patreon.com forward slash gaming mag now to check out the different tiers and what's on offer. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here with Caitlin and Amy, and this segment is called Best of Gaming, where we talk about our pick of the hot articles on Gaming Magazine. Caitlin, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, what's caught your yeah. eye on gaming? Uh, so my gaming uh, pick of the week is uh, a little article that AB wrote about how the uh, UK's uh, plague response has not been <laughs> as good as uh, famously bad video game tutorials. Um, because I too live in a dystopian nightmare country um, <laughs> where this has not been dealt with well, except we didn't even get guidance from our government. So I, was say, I feel like at least we have a game tutorial. It might be really yeah. shit, but there might be like the odd little instruction in there that you can follow. Yeah, but no, it, Donald Trump was just like, y'all can play fucking Dark Souls with your lives. Yeah, I don't exactly. give a shit. <laughs> in, in terms of gaming, if, if we're talking in terms of gaming in, uh, game instructions or game tutorials, then the, I think the US response is kind of like the front cover and the back cover 
um, mm-hmm. with actually nothing in the middle. Yeah, um, we did not get we did not get a game pack for in, this in, one. Yeah, insert disc. <laughs> uh, question one: You'll be fine, and then that's it. Really, that's end <laughs> end of game. <laughs> yeah, I, like I was telling Amy and Robin, like I don't like. I've seen people being like, oh, we're having like social distance, like Mother's Day and stuff, where we're still going over to people's houses, but we're just really far away. And I'm like, I thought we weren't supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know that we're Mm -hmm. supposed to wear masks. And like when I go to the grocery store, there's like cops there who are supposed to be enforcing that there are masks, but there are still people not wearing masks who like aren't under arrest or whatever happens in that situation. I don't really know. It's super weird and confusing. And like, also, they're trying, like, Colorado's kind of opening up again. Um, I think we we start, like, I think I think our hair salons and shit are open, too, now. I think you're right. I think bits of Colorado are already open. Yeah, like, we started last week, I think, and I think this coming week they're opening even more, and I'm like, mm. seems did, bad. Did, <laughs> yeah. Hey, did a, a coffee shop open by you, Caitlin? It was, like, on Twitter, but I don't know what, if what? that... It what was, was like the uh, didn't a coffee shop that opened by you or something, and uh, I don't know what the, like, shop was, but it was on Twitter, and it was just full of tons of people on Mother's Day. Oh, so there's this cafe that, um, my, so my aunts live in Castle Rock, so back when we were, like, going to visit people, we were going there, like, every other weekend, and there's this restaurant that we, like, always go there, and somebody tweeted a video of it on Mother's Day, and it was just packed like just full to the brim like no social distancing people not trying to stay apart at all and i was like cool great love that this place that i'm like intimately familiar with is like (laughs) being so stupid on main like i mean for sort of for context of this i suppose we had um a statement from our prime minister uh boris on sunday Uh. evening and it was literally like 10 minutes worth of just white noise just coming out of his mouth. <laughs> where it was like, stay indoors, but go to work. But if you can't go to work, stay indoors. You can go out and exercise, but stay indoors. And if you go out and exercise, do stay indoors. Mm. And it just bounced backwards and forwards between idiocy mm-hmm. and everything. But you're right. At least there's some sort of yeah. semblance of guidance in there somewhere. Yeah, because our president made jokes oh. about injecting cleaning project products. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I are quote-unquote jokes. Um, also, we have people who are protesting opening gyms by doing squats, proving that they yeah. don't need to go to the gym. Was, I saw that. That was peak Florida. In, in, in the definition of what could be Florida, that was the best definition of Florida. If, yeah. if they'd have been doing the squats while smoking meth at the same time, that would have been peak, peak, peak Florida. Like, everybody, um, like, like I, I, the Florida man thing does come from a problematic place, and I get that, but also, like, that state is fucking bonkers, like, <laughs> it's just, know, like, it's... like, it actually is just, like, a wild place. Yeah. I've never it's been, a, so. It's, it's a wild place full of very old people. That's the stupid thing. In, in terms yeah, of, sort of, like, the, so the people they're going to bump off, and the most vulnerable are people, it's the weirdest state, and it's got a significant older population there, and it's just like, okay, that's just... You've just turned that into some some kind of battle royale sort of thing. Like Florida, can you can just rename it Fortnite and just get on with yeah, it? Yeah, no, people are gonna die. Like, I mean, people already have, but like, well, yeah. it's it's not gonna be cute anytime soon. No. Mm, you no. see, that's why. Um, 
that's why video game tutorials make a lot more sense, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, <laughs> in my article, as I was writing the article, I was realising that, um, uh, a lot of these tutorials were actually easy, I just didn't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Wolfenstein one, literally, I was stuck on that main quest for like an hour and I was like I don't get it I'm like literally throwing the cargo out but I keep getting killed what's the big deal and I asked online and everything and people were like you just go up the stairs and I'm like what you like you just go up the stairs and I'm like okay and I went up the stairs and that was it that was literally all I had to fucking do and I was on that quest like and I say quest as though it's not like as though it's like a fucking thing I can mess up uh but it's like all I had to do was go up the stairs and I was like oh oh I think I was watching a video tutorial once for Red Dead 2 and it was one of the night missions so already it was quite dull and dark and it was they sort of like they rushed through the actual... So I couldn't find something, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I must have blinked when I was watching the video because it went from like, oh, you just go here, you do that. And it's like, yeah, I've done that. Now where the fuck in this room is this thing? And <laughs> it's just like... And, and he just went around the corner. And his... I don't know whether he had his brightness setting set to extra low, but it was like, I'm sort of like sat there sort of like squinting at the screen trying to find where is that <laughs> thing? Turn your brightness up. If you're, you're meant to be demonstrating something. We're not meant to be sec- second guessing what you're trying to see. And then he just came out with this like, oh, I've got it. And it's like, oh, that, that's just no help to me at all. If anything, <laughs> you're you like, can, this is not a guide. You've just confused me more. You've turned it more into a puzzle. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's less of a guide and more of a bloody cryptic thing anyway. Um, yes. So, yeah, I have to admit. Um, your article was was inspired, if slightly ranty. Um, <laughs> I'm glad everyone loved it. <laughs> I could hear I could hear the smoke coming off your keyboard when you wrote when you typed it out. <laughs> well, as as I wrote in the article, like it doesn't matter if it's convoluted because people are still gonna vote Tory anyway. Like, what's the point? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, true. I really do love all the people who are like, "Fuck it, I'll die." I don't give a shit. I will vote to die. <laughs> literally. Oh, that is literally it. Like, like I was yeah. so tempted to send my family some of this. Like, hey, this is the kind of thing <laughs> you're voting for, you know? Because <laughs> they're like, ah, Boris, what a, what a lad. I'm like, a lad? He's okay, first of all, that man is old as shit. He is not a lad. Uh, <laughs> second of all, from what I understand from listening to you UK folks, like, that's not... That's not what that means. <laughs> it's not brilliant. Um, uh, but what I found amusing, in, and this is sort of like going far too political for this podcast, but... Um, we the, are political. Oh, just by exactly, existing. Being, exactly, being gay is political. Yeah. Um, but, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So um, we, or the press or whoever, have, are calling this Prime Minister Boris, and it's the whole, call me Boris, I'm a normal person kind of thing. But no he's normal not, person is named Boris. He's not even. He's not even. He's not even named Boris. His his real name is like Alexander Pfeiffer Boris or something or other. Are you um, fucking for real? I didn't know that. No, no. So but yeah, he, Boris Johnson's. I think Boris is like his third name or something. Um, Jesus. But God. every other prime minister has always been May or Blair or more um, or Miliband or whatever. Not Miliband. He wasn't a prime minister. But you know what I mean. It's always deputy this or prime minister mm-hmm. that or whatever. 
But this guy is just, call me Boris, call me Boris. And it's just like the press have sunk with it and he's suddenly become this man of the people where he's just an absolute turd. Mm. But at least he's not telling women to shut up on the, on the lawn of, the, uh, of his official residence and then storming uh. off back to throw his toys out of pram a little bit more like in the press conference yeah. yesterday. But yeah. that, was, <laughs> that was a special moment from Trump, I feel. Times is times is rough right now <laughs> here in America. <laughs> cool. So, Amy, what's caught your eye on gaming? Um, something that little old me wrote. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, it was actually about um, Tom Nook and Red uh, actually being exes um, or divorced. You know, whatever. Um, it's a good meme. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like the fan art for that is so well done mm-hmm. and I'm just really enjoying it even though I'm not invested in Animal Crossing as much as I used to be I'm still very much for these kind of uh, meme pictures that uh, puts people all together especially because uh, Nintendo are fucking cowards um, no offense Nintendo but you are but uh, <laughs> because they were like uh, they were like uh, Flick and CJ they're roommates oh yeah they're just two dudes in their oh. 20s who live together platonically okay <laughs> sure Jan yeah, literally like, they're this- not living in a recession that's fake yeah, and right, and the thing is, uh, I really enjoy- and the loop they buy is just for their car. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, like I'm really enjoying how people are putting these people, like these animals or whatever, together because it's kind of like a big f you to Nintendo, who is like, no. Everybody here is heterosexual, okay? Stop it. Stop doing that. (laughs) Like, honestly, I could see it if they were just like, no, the cute animals don't fuck. But, like... (laughs) Like, because, like, okay, cool. Like, it's a kid's game. You just want them to be, like, little fun friends vibing? Sure. Okay. But, like, the fact that they're, like, so adamant about it, like, specifically not being gay, it's like, y'all need to chill. Right? But then then they wrote it that way. That's the problem. If they just... If they just wanted to create a game that was just a friendly game that with animals that definitely don't fuck, then it's just don't yeah. don't start down the path of like having two male characters talk slightly overly affectionately about each other. Yeah. And it just like you, you just it, it this is Fire Emblem all over again. Yeah, especially because they're like, oh, they're just to... business partners. It's like okay, but they're <laughs> but Flick manages their own business, and so does CJ. Like they don't really seem to interact because yeah. they have two mm. very wildly different interests slash hyperfixations. Um, yeah. So seems a little sus. Like, what part of the business are they doing together? <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of the business. The business together, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, I like it because uh, it's people taking part in fandom, and fandom's such a big thing, like in especially for L- LGBT uh, folk, because fandom is where you got your representation. As horrible as it, like you know, it's not real. Like, let's be honest yeah. with one another. It's not real. But it's still something that you get invested in. And, like, um, as a, a teen, you know, I was big into fandom. And I really find fandom interesting. 
because it brings people together to have fun and like you know when i wrote that article you got the <laughs> you've got the normal comments like um oh you know why do you want the the fox and the raccoon to fuck and i went why do you think it's fucking all the time Jeez. first of all they're not fucking because they're divorced <laughs> exactly <laughs> so excuse I mean, you but it's, it, i mean it it, it I, th- I think you're right. I, I think having LGBT people that, that sort of ap- ap- apportion uh, these kind of like backstories and whatever else onto people or onto their characters is such that... And I think it's a reflection of the fact that there aren't many positive LGBT people in games mm. that they can really enjoy and really latch onto. So we, we have to kind of make our own up. Mm, um, yeah. And this is like the opposite I, of the Overwatch problem where like Overwatch yeah. is like, here's a crumb, celebrate... And you're like, and then people go like wild for it. And it's like, stop. But like with yeah. this, it's yeah. like, they're being shitty. So like, yeah, the Fox is gay. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> but, but Nintendo had actually said, here's a crumb. That was their whole point. They went, mm-hmm. but they sort of said, here's a crumb that you can uh, look at and, and enjoy. But actually I'm just going to go and throw that crumb away. Cause ha it's not mm-hmm. gay at all. And it's like, don't write it like that. It's like they hired mm-hmm. the gay intern to sort of like start writing something, and they was, so then the, then the manager came on and said, "Oh no, 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 you're fired." Um, but didn't bother actually changing the the preamble. Like they'd actually got to the point of saying that we're partners or whatever, and then the manager just sat down the day before it was released, going business, um, and then just sort of like, and then just called it a day at that and said that'll do. We'll go in the pub. The I ultimate cock block business. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> or, or the fire emblem approach of the fact oh I, I love you but not like, but only like a brother or whatever it was yeah. and that sort of screwed up our entire fucking review last year Yeah, I'm still not over it Amy um, it's been a year nearly and I'm still not over it you, you want to come on my fire emblem podcast Robin? <laughs> I really do but I don't think you'd like it <laughs> I, I feel like you, you'd come on right and I'd be like well, Robin, say your bit, and you'd be like, hours. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like... <laughs> and then I'd just leave, because I can't contribute to the conversation. I can't talk about who the best of whatever they are, or house, or people, or whatever. Who, but... who is the sexiest Fire Emblem character? There, you can talk about that. So, uh, I've been reading um, an article by me. Uh, oh. So, yes. <laughs> I thought I'd uh, continue the trend. Um, now... We talked about Borderlands earlier. Mm. So for me, um, I decided to have uh, a fantasy casting session, which doesn't sound, uh, which wasn't as dirty as it sounds. Um, (laughs) This was inspired for the Borderlands movie, I should say. This was inspired by uh, a rumor that came out last week that Kate Blanchett is being lined up to star as Lilith um, in the Borderlands movie that's been directed by Ellie Roth somewhere, whenever that might come out, because, you know, COVID. Yeah, Yeah, movies aren't real. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I, and I sort of, I sat there and I thought, Kate Blanchett as Lilith. And I, I sort of, I, I remember her in Thor and she was quite the sort of like a badass bitch in that. But then mm-hmm. that didn't sort of like ring true for me. So then I sort of had a quick uh, fiddle around and just sort of, uh, and I sat there and I thought for, for Lilith, because she's ginger and she's like a badass, but she's still a leader. Um, I figured that Karen Gillan uh, from Doctor Who as Amy Pond. Oh, um, yeah would be much, much better as, as Lilith. And then that kind of like started me thinking a lot more. So then I, in the end, I ended up picking a load of the main characters from Borderlands and just casting them. And then I turned it into an article, which is the fun that we do in our jobs. Um, so, 
the fun part of the job rather than playing all the games you don't want to play. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I just sort of, I just thought I'd have a quick sort of like talk through it and, and see if anyone had any other thoughts or in the meantime, of course, the second I, I pressed publish on this, I then discovered that um, I was wrong about some bits and decided to, I should have done other things anyway. Um, cause I had, han- I had handsome Jack down as, as, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I thought that was quite cool. Sort of like. I could see that. Yeah, I could fa- see that Sort of too. fast talking. I've always wanted to see Ryan and someone's going to tell me he has, but I've always wanted to see Ryan Reynolds play a proper villain. You'd, you'd argue obviously Deadpool's a little bit sort of, um. I don't think Deadpool counts. Yeah, I mean. No. He's kind of like an anti-hero more yeah. villain. Yeah. Yeah. But to actually play like outright evil, I'd I'd love to see Ryan Reynolds play that. And then with Roland, who's a soldier, um, I sort of went with Chadwick Boseman. But then I immediately thought, well, I actually, okay, I'm not going to claim this one because he'll be listening to it. Uh, but Matt Cameron, um, our sort of occasional guest on here, uh, pointed out that maybe that could have been John Boyega. Oh. Bring in Star Wars for your aiming. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch <laughs> it. You're welcome. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be that. Um, and then, oh, and I forgot to mention that when I started writing this, I set myself a rule that if uh, the character in Borderlands is LGBT, then we're going to cast an LGBT person in the role. Because I think there's uh-huh. far too few excuses now to not cast LGBT people. So for, I totally then I agree. sort of went on to Alistair Hammerlock um, and I went for Billy Porter because um, I think he'd be fabulous and, uh, and bring some fabulousness. Um, Tiny Tina. Now... I kind of wanted just to say Ashley Birch because she is Tiny Tina. Um, but that sort of then broke my LGBT rule. So I had to sort of go with uh, somebody else and then trying to find a young person that could portray that level of manic and be blowing things up. Um, so I ended up with Cara Delevingne. Um But then, of course, when I pressed publish, I then thought back to having mentioned Deadpool I then thought back to Deadpool and figured that the girl who played uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, oh, um, whose, yeah. name, whose name escapes me, would be absolutely brilliant in that role. And I know she's queer. Um, so that sort of like stands a good chance of, of happening. And I'm not going to go through all of it, but just the other one that I sort of like caught my eye was Moxie, the sort of like the, the, um, the sort of betitted uh, uh, bar owner. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Big Ted. I've never heard that. Description. Yeah. I hope that's like how people describe me, honestly. <laughs> okay, I will make sure to describe you in that way. Kate. Please. Anytime you're talking about me, Amy, please. Especially in a professional capacity. <laughs> Here is Caitlin, my Big Ted friend. So, so, so that can go in your Twitter bio. Um. <laughs> No, so uh, Moxie's obviously sort of someone who runs bars and in his race sort of like plays on the sex a lot and, and is quite sort of like gender fluid and, and uh, goes with anyone and anything. Um, but so the, I, then I decided that actually um, you wouldn't, wouldn't have to look much further than Tandy Newton uh, from Westworld um, because she literally plays that role as the madam um, in Westworld in the bar, uh, sending people out doing stuff. And that's exactly what Moxie, Moxie does for, for that. Um, yeah. That would be a good uh, cast, I think. I think it'd be fun. And then, obviously, I've got, like, Mr. Torg, who's the massive sort of, like, muscle guy with Luke Evans. That's the one that I'm not particularly... I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that one. 
Um, and then, of course, we have Claptrap, who's the sort of the lovable robot who who literally is the mascot of the game. Um, you probably, again, the voice is so iconic that you needed to to have that as as the original actor. Um, but if again, if we were going to play the role of needing to be celebrity cast, then I, I went for Josh Gad, um, Josh who's Gad. the voice of. Yeah, who's I kind of figured that he'd bring kind of his Olaf um, to the role. That could be quite good. Um, yeah, so. I think he'd do do a good job of claptrap. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think I've so. Been impaled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now you've got to bring Luke Evans in as well because I feel like Luke Evans would be a good uh, pick as well because I know for certain. Tons of mums would go see it just for Luke Evans. <laughs> I just know. I just know it deep in my heart because I know my mum would. <laughs> well, that's oh, a wait. nice. That's Sorry. A way to... <laughs> Sorry. Did y'all see that they announced a new Harvest Moon? Yes. Did they? Well, damn. Look at that. Breaking gaming news from three hours ago. Um. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, a, a, apologies to listeners. You're going to get a slight insight into the workings of gaming. Um, <laughs> Amy, I actually forwarded you that email from Nintendo. Yes. About one world. three and a bit hours ago. One world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, but the thing is, is it gay? That's what I wanted to know. Well, it's Harvest Moon, isn't it? Yeah, but I know some games don't. Cottagecore is gay. Cottagecore is gay. <laughs> You're right. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Can that be the headline? <laughs> you know what? Why not? <laughs> yes! But um, back on to the Borderlands. Uh, I saw Ruby Rose on there as well. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I put her on there for you. Ruby Rose. I know. I, I, I don't know her. I'm, I don't know her pronouns. Patricia Tannis. I, I think it's them, but yeah, Ruby Rose, uh, I still haven't forgiven them for casting Ruby Rose as Batwoman, but, um... Oh, I thought you were Ruby, I, I thought you were Team Ruby Rose. I am, but also I'm Team like... Ro Ruby Rose has the acting chop of a log. Well, there is that, I know, look, I didn't, I didn't necessarily mean Team as in supporting her acting decisions, I meant Team as in fancy the pants off of her. I mean, like, she hot, but boring, like... <laughs> And that's a sin, IMO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically, she hot, but also, I don't know. I I did want Yvonne Strahovski as Batwoman, but that's because uh, I still think uh, Miranda Lawson from Mass Effect 2 is hot, so I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be good at... Uh, casting a video game movie, I feel like I'd be like eh, really bad at it. So I admire that you did your dream cast, Robin. It was fun. I have to admit, it was fun, and it, it passed an, an hour of um, lockdown uh, monotony. So yeah, that was my that was my uh, that was my dream casting. Uh, do go and have a look at it online. Go and check out all the articles we talked about uh, and everything else that we do on a wonderful daily basis at gamingmag.com. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, we're going to head off to another break. And after the break, we're joined by Gary and Jason, our special guests this week. Uh, so it's a big goodbye to Amy and Caitlin. Thank you for coming. 
Thank you. For Thank you for having us. me. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure making your podcast debut from the other side of the pond. Yeah, and getting to shit post with Amy live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I hope uh, the ends of the reveries lot aren't as chaotic <laughs> as me and Kate are. <laughs> Give you a break, yeah. Robin. Give you a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is back to Colorado because they're in Colorado. So. Oh, damn. Yeah. We're, we're back to Colorado where you are. So it's a sort of, it's the Colorado podcast, I think. Nice. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze it, as the kids say. Um. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, have a have a good time. Stay safe. Take care. Um, and we'll see everybody after the break. Did you know that Gaming Magazine now has a Discord channel? Come and enjoy more chat, gossip, and gameplay with your fellow gamers from around the world. Visit gamingmag.com forward slash Discord to get started. Welcome back. I'm joined by my special guest this week, uh, Gary Adrian Randall and Jason Moriarty. They are the creators of the awesome mobile game Enter the Reveries. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much for having us. Hello. How are things wherever you are in the world? You know, it's always it's funny because I'm, I'm trying to find interesting ways to answer that question. I'm like, you know, another day in the apartment. I'm looking at a different <laughs> wall today. This wall is a little bit lighter than the other wall. I mean, it's... <laughs> so far so so good i guess are you both colorado or i know because i know gary you're colorado aren't you yeah i'm colorado and things here are it's not much different for me because we've been working on the game for so long Mm. that i've been a hermit for the past like six years so i'm still able to go out and do my biking a few times a week and Mm -hmm. when i feel really depressed i just go walk by the creek so it's really nice in Denver, but Jason is in New York, so luckily he's in an apartment with uh, windows. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like that's that's all. He's just in the apartment. Yeah, I've yeah, got a lot very... of friends in New. Sorry, go on. Oh no, I was saying it's very uh, very zombie apocalypse uh, still here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Grocery lines are still wrapped around the block, and you can't go anywhere. So I just you know the parks are open. Luckily, I live near Central Park, so I go for my oh, daily nice. walk. Yeah, I normally call Gary and we have a chat as I'm watching the Blue Jays. But um, yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty different experience here. Yeah, I've got some friends that live in New York. My, my business partner lives in New York as well, so we're sort of I'm quite intimately aware of just how weird uh, everything is at the moment, um, particularly in a city where everybody's stacked on top of one another. Um, mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's it's pretty tricky. Um, Kicking off then, so Gary, you actually mentioned like work on the game for six years. Now, the two of you came together in 2014 to form Seagullfish. Uh, what did each of you do before then? Um, well, it's an interesting story because we, even though the, the company was founded in, in 2014, we've been friends for you know, since, since sophomore year of college. So we go way, way, way back um, from a friendship standpoint. And mm-hmm. um, it took us a few years to to understand what we wanted to do and, and come together for Seagullfish. But we've been friends for, for so many years. But um, before we started the company, um, I worked in advertising. I still work in advertising as a project manager, digital project manager. So it was kind of a natural fit to uh, pair with Gary's um, crazy artisticness to kind of um, form this wonderful, wonderful Enter the Reveries app. I, um, <clears throat> I had started freelancing, I think, a few years before we started working on the game because I came to the conclusion that, like, because we went to school for advertising together, mm-hmm. but 
as soon as I did an internship for three days in advertising, I was like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So there goes eight years of my life. Um, But uh, so I started freelancing kind of before that. And it was just like a matter of do I want to spend my life um, using my creativity to make someone else rich? Or do I want to wait and try to find the way that I can make myself rich with it? And, um, And so eventually when we came up with the idea for the game, that was so I've just been freelancing the whole time. It's not really anything new to me. Just I was like going to say, so how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> well, surprisingly, during these trying times, um, everyone still needs a website. So I've been doing like yeah. web design and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been, you know, making good money when I actually work. Um, but the great thing about this time for me is that I've been working on other art projects that I have because for the past six years, it's just been just the game. And I like to do a lot of different creative things. So it's been really nice to like, I don't know, like sing and make other animations and do some more writing and stuff. It's been cool. cool. Like, and the money's okay. Still too. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Enough. Uh, well, I suppose it's never enough, is it? Um, what was the uh, sort of jumping off point? What was the point between the two of you where you sort of said, let's do this? <laughs> it was you want to tell about the parchment scroll? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to tell them about the parchment scroll now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, no, sure. Sure. So I started dating a guy um, that was, he owned a mobile game company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thing as an artist, and every artist asks themselves this question it's like, how are you going to make money with your art while you're still alive? Yeah. Um, and so when I started dating this guy and he owned a mobile game company, I was like, I could just make an artistic mobile game and pay him a few grand to, to program it or whatever. And then, you know, everyone around the world would have access to my art because they all have phones. Um, But being a crazy artist, I knew that, like, I would not be able to manage myself. So I invited Jason to Outback Steakhouse in Chelsea (laughs) because we're from Florida and we hold on to our roots. Um, and, and And I asked him, I was like, can you manage me for this tiny little project? Um, and he said, yes, but three weeks later or something, I think the corporate cards were coming in the mail. Like we did incorporated the company and, you know, we were doing a completely different game back then. Hmm. And that game was just too, too large in scope. So, um, the, the original game was something completely different, but now we're, um, we ended up just creating this behemoth of a game that, that neither of us really expected, but it came from our, from our partnership together because we worked so well together that. We just kept adding things to make it better and make it better, and we're still doing that. So, but it all did start with Outback. <laughs> yeah, it always starts with Outback, um, <laughs> in, in in no place in the world except for here. So um, Gary is like, I have this. He, he was unveiling the the plan for the game, and he's like, you know, a small game, you know, whatever. And so he literally had like he had stapled together um, pit, like loose leaf papers with maps <laughs> and like characters and drawings, and he like threw it on the table, and it unrolled, <laughs> you know, several times. And this was his small project that he wanted um, wanted us to do. So um, it's it it blew my mind, um, and I, I was really into it uh, from the moment I saw it, and and then you know six years later, here we are. The game's on the app store and, and everything is going really great awesome and you you mentioned earlier obviously your best friends so what is it like working with a best friend yeah it's you know it, it, trust is the most important thing <laughs> i think for for any company and the the level of trust that we have is unparalleled you can't start you can't start something this big you know with finances involved timelines and money mm. with somebody you don't trust um from that aspect it's great 
of course, um, you know, we never have, I don't think, you know, full on arguments that last days, you know, days on end, but we definitely like, you, you know, from time to time, he'll have an idea and I'll be like, no, that's never going to work. I'll have an idea. And he's like, no, that's not going to work. So um, I think time. it's, I think that that <laughs> makes us stronger um, in that we always find a happy medium and a happy medium always ends up being mm. better than either one of our individual ideas. I would say um, that that our friendship is one of the biggest strengths of the company. And the reason for that is that we're opposites for some reason. I think astrologically maybe, mm. but whenever he's depressed or stressed out about something, I'm always like manic and happy and like feeling good. <laughs> and it's the opposite. So um, the opposite is true as well. So it's like somehow our moods generally always seem to balance each other out and we're able to sort of pull each other into this medium ground, which is, which is nice. Now, this whole COVID thing has been stressful on all of us. And so there have been a few times when, when we've been really stressed out because of money and stuff, but you know, yeah. that's, but I mean, if it took a, like a global pandemic to make us fight, then great. <laughs> we'll take it. Prepare for the next one. Um, now listen, so enter the reveries obviously is, um, a beautiful game. Um, where did where did that idea come from? Where was the sort of the genesis of all this? You mentioned obviously the game that was pitched earlier on a sort of scroll at a, at a steakhouse was <laughs> that's been sort of like left to one side. Um, yeah. So where where does Enter the Reveries come from? It's an interesting thing actually because you know I have I'm the seagull in the company, so I have the whole thing planned out, um, ten years and like five games, <clears throat> but the original game was a much larger game as we said. So when we couldn't do that, we decided to pare it down. And so I took inspiration from the original game and some of the characters and created a whole new world. Like, whereas the ideas for the next five games, including that original one, I've been working on since I was a child, this one came completely out of nowhere. Hmm. And it came, <laughs> it came from... Drugs. <laughs> right? It came from the... So we have this good friend in common. And one, time, one day he um, came home from work and brought all this stuff home from an event. And it was all this clown stuff. And so we were all drunk, I think, and we decided to do a random clown photo shoot. And then it came to this idea that, like, you know, I think clowns are sexy. I know that that's an unpopular opinion, but I do. So I was like, okay, clowns are sexy. If I was going to make a sexy clown world, where would that go? And then here we are. <laughs> the, the original name of the game was Escape from Clown Town. Unfortunately, trademarked, so we had to give that up. But, um, yeah, so there's, it's sexy clown world. <laughs> awesome it, it's amazing how many um sort of conversations or activities go from gays getting drunk to then dressing up that's just sort of it's just a pro it's just a process isn't it but 95 percent of our lives i feel you know? <laughs> now obviously enter the reveries has a very strong lgbt content um was it important for you to have lgbt representation in the characters and storyline uh from the get-go I think that's something that has been super important to us from the beginning because, you know, we are LGBT and, you know, I think 90% of our contractors and any, anybody we've hired is also LGBT I think, especially in this, in this day and age, it's really important for visibility and you have all mm -hmm. these video games adding characters that are gay to just, you know, even out or whatever. But I, I, I think it's important to, to just do something really, really queer and just have it be unabashedly queer and let it be what it is. And, um, and so that's what, yeah, we aim to do that from the beginning for sure. And we're really talented people. <laughs> like the gays are really talented. So our composer, you know, our artists, animators, um, you know, our first developer, like all, all LGBT. 
um, in, in some way or another. So it's just been, it's been super important to us, but also it's kind of a natural extension of our friends anyway, because like, you know, 90% of the people we, we know are, are LGBT. So. And as you say, it's, it's really important to do that representation, particularly in the sort of current climate, particularly the way everything's going at the moment, that we should be there sort of loud and proud and that it's not something we should shy away from. So kudos to, to producing something that's just sort of very much heart on a sleeve. So that's really cool. So you said earlier that you've been working on this for six years. Um, at any point in that six years, did it get to a place where you think this is never going to happen? Or was it very much a case of like just being fully committed for six years and you're in it for the long haul? Sure. So I think neither of us really knew what to expect when we when we first started this. You know, we're like, okay, year max, we're going to have this game polished out there, ready to go. In a no, year. it was four months, Jason. It was four months. Be honest. <laughs> we were like, oh, we'll have it out by December. Right, Christmas 2015. I think. <laughs> 14. Anyway. 14. Yeah. So um, you know, we we just had no idea what to expect, and we definitely bit off a lot more than we can chew, especially in the in the developer department, because Gary's not a developer, I'm not a developer, so we needed that last piece of of kind of the the team. So we hired um, somebody and we had no idea what to expect. And she, you know, she was very, um, she was not, she was slow um, and we did not, we were not getting what we needed, but we didn't know we weren't getting what we needed because we didn't know what we needed. So um, it yeah. was very, it was trials and tribulations from the development side of things. And there were several times where I wasn't getting an answer or I'd text this individual or an email. Um, and it's just very hard to, to kind of like beat down people's doors um, mm. because we don't have a lot of money. So either people are working for free or they're getting paid for very little. Um, yeah. And it's kind of you get what you pay for um, situation. So it was very, very trying. Uh, luckily, we ended up finding a great team out of Romania of all places. Um, and they were they were very good. But it was it was very trying um, to, to find out the, the team members that we need and to identify people that would work and really had a passion for the game. Because when you can't pay people, passion is all they have to drive them. I will say that <clears throat> I think one of the great things about the LGBT community is a lot of us have this sense of de determination and it comes from living a life where there are obstacles thrown at you from birth just because of your yep. of who you are. Um, but Jason and I have very strong senses of determination. <laughs> so um, honestly, there was I don't think there was a moment when we really felt like giving up until December for me and January for Jason you know, whenever COVID was really starting to happen, whenever yeah. the game was out and it was like, we weren't sure what to do next or what pieces were missing because, you know, as Jason said, we have had to learn all this ourselves and we made plenty of mistakes. Um, but the idea of giving up never really occurred to either of us truly, I don't think, until December and January of this year, um, or last year or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I think we managed to make it the six years, but we needed to take a break from it. We needed to like stop and like mentally reassess. And I think the world maybe needed that too. So from a universal yeah. standpoint, hopefully that's what it is. But yeah, now we're, now we're galvanized and back on the saddle and, you know, back in the, back in the swing of things. So it's nice. Awesome. At what point you mentioned, obviously the fact that dating a, a mobile developer, um, at what point was the decision taken for the game to be mobile? And did you sort of consider any any other platforms or was it very much just like we're going to do a mobile game full stop? We didn't really consider any platforms at first um, because the original idea for the game in the mobile, like if you go on the app store right now, every game, it looks like a Vegas casino. Every game is the same. All the art yep. styles are the same. It's like there's nothing really new. And there's about 12 artistic mobile games, but they're few and far between. And it's always the same. It's been the same ones. Um, so what we discovered was there's 
a niche in the market for beautiful artistic mobile experiences. And the reason we chose mobile is because of the exposure. With a console game, there's all these restrictions and you have to mm -hmm. own the console and it's a much bigger to do. But with a mobile game, you just launch it and you know your artwork can be seen all over the world. And one of the main things that we want to do with the company is support artists in the future and have their art create the levels and they can make money when the when the um, <clears throat> levels release. And I think mobile is a big component of that um, in terms of like the fusion of art and technology just because of the exposure. Cool. Um, uh, we sort of, my next question written down is why do you think mobile games get such a bad rap? But we kind of covered that a little bit when you said about obviously everything being a Vegas casino. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th there is that debate at the moment, isn't there, about are you a gamer if you play mobile games? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's your thoughts on mobile gaming as a sort of a, a concept? So they, they kind of depend, a lot of them um, obviously use in-app purchases as our, as our game does too, but they're very tied to the addictive quality. Candy Crush is a perfect example. Um, you have to keep you know purchasing and purchasing, and it, it really mm -hmm. feeds the addiction part of the brain, which is not which is not really like the way that we want to go. Of course, hey, like, you know, we want money and like, please like give it, buy things in our, in our game. But just because something is addictive does not mean it can't be also like beautiful and artistic. Like our game is, it's why I always give this example, um, you know, back when, back when we were younger and we used to get cartridge games for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, whatever, they would always come with that little pamphlet that you could like open and you could read about the game and, and kind of see what it's about. And that, that really has positive childhood memories for me. I really enjoyed um, reading that pamphlet and learning about the game before I played it. So we wanted to kind of bring the storyline of the cartridge pamphlet into an actual game. So, um, you know, it took six years because Gary, <laughs> Gary was, uh, was, was, his little fingers are going to fall off just writing storylines. And there's, there's basically a 50 page graphic novel buried within the, within the mobile game itself. After you uh, beat the levels, you get achievement cards and you can read the story of the game. So there's a huge narrative um, threaded throughout the entire game. And we're, we're yeah. hoping that that'll kind of spark um, a, a reinvigoration of the of the mobile mm -hmm. gaming market. We're thinking also that like um, the reason that the mobile game is such a perfect vehicle, and the, well, what we try to do with our game, I guess, is marry the one touch me mechanic of a mobile game, you know, like Candy Crush, where you're just tapping the screen, yeah, with the intense like storylines and amazing characters and you know interesting concepts and beautiful art of a, like a console game. So we think that there's a marriage in between the two that that um, we want to help happen in the future. It hasn't really happened yet, so it's kind of like this this new thing. But yeah, we're we're very um, we're pretty tied to mobile, but we definitely want to expand the console as soon as possible because that's, cool. you know, that's the market. Yeah, but it, it, you're right that the, there is a still a market for artistic mobile games. I mean, there's there's a few out and. Uh, put me on the spot and think about it straight away there's a few out uh monument valley mm -hmm. and, a, and a couple of other sort of like beautifully executed ones um but they are few and far between and they're very much more of a sort of just click and point and collect stuff and then get roped into paying another five pound to ea for something or other probably <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you sort of you slide off into that in, into that habit really quickly we touched on it quite a lot about the artistry so again i'm going to ask the question at what point but i'm guessing it's from the start the, the the art of uh, Enter the Reveries is all hand-drawn. Was that a commitment that you took from, again, day one because of the style that you're pushing for? Or was it more from a budgetary point of view? Or It was absolutely um, a conscious choice to hand-illustrate because th that's the point we're trying to make, Yeah, is that the future of art is interactive and that mobile games are art. So I created the game in eight different mobile... 
So I created the game in eight different art styles because I wanted to make that point. Like, <clears throat> first, the mobile game is art. Second, here's eight different styles of art to like prove the point. Um, and that's how it originally started. But after I actually created all the levels, I was like, you know, this is great for me and I think it'll get my art out there and I'm excited about that. But what I really yeah. want to do and what I've always wanted to do, and Jason and I actually worked on this in Florida too with some art events, is support the artistic community. So the first, you know, the eight levels of Enter the Reveries are in those eight different art styles because all the future levels are going to be created by other indie artists. And every time those levels sell, um, those indie artists will make a cut. So Awesome. I'm starting, I'm sort of, sort of like leading the charge with um, hand-illustrated, beautiful mobile games, but we want to expand and include tons of other artists and really foster the creative community, especially the LGBT community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, in the future. Um, also, the conscious <laughs> it was a conscious choice for Gary to buy a Wacom tablet after three months of trying to uh, draw <laughs> these things with his mouse and his computer. So. <laughs> oh my God, my wrists. And first of all, I didn't buy it. I did not buy it. That guy that I was dating um, oh, yeah. just had one sitting in his house, and it was all scarred up and covered in coffee stains, and it still is. But it worked. <laughs> I've had it for like six years. It's it a memory a of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty much the only thing I remember from that relationship. Okay, fair enough. Um, so it's really interesting you said about um, getting sort of artists to contribute to the sort of growing levels. Is there a plan for that? Is Are you recruiting now? Is there something that people can get involved with? Is there someone that can, they can talk to? Or is that more of a, again, a sort of future plan? Well, where we are with the game right now is that the first four levels are released and on the App Store. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of getting funding for the next four levels. Um, those are already created and they just have to be touched up and then launched. Um, once we release those four levels, we're going to launch an initiative on our website to start um, getting artists together. And our plan actually is to use our website and our community to vote for the art that they want to see and awesome. fund the projects that they want to see. So um, we do have a really great plan in place, but it just hasn't been initiated yet. And I will say that I have been um, mentally collecting artists from Instagram and from my own life because we have a good network of artists in Florida too, mm. of people that I would love to see create the levels. And so we are, I've already been in contact, but I can't really, you know, no, no, any, no. anything finite yet until <laughs> we get to that point. Yeah, I, I didn't want to catch you on recording, sort of like committing to anything either. <laughs> um, good. So Our the game's... A bunch of broken commitments, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Now, so the game has uh, been named as the official honoree at this year's Webby Awards. How does that feel? Because that's crazy. It's, I, you know, I think I told you that I, um, I still work in advertising as yeah. kind of like a quote unquote day job. And so we enter stuff to the Webbies all the time. And you know, I work for a huge company. And like to us, um, to be especially, I, it's always been like this big company thing. Like you have to have a lot of money. You have to be recognized already and like have, you know, have, have the substantial um, backing behind you. But we were like, you know what, screw it. Like, let's, let's submit it. You know, we'll do the independent, independent creator category. Why not? You know, there's no, no skin off our back. We don't get anything. Um, you know, and then lo and behold, uh, we kind of forgot about it because back in January, then they canceled the Webby event because, mm. um, you know, because of COVID. So it just kind of was in the back of our, not even in the back, just totally out of our minds. And I got an email um, a couple weeks ago that named us as an honoree. And I like, I like reread it and then I reread it again. Then I walked away and walked back and reread it. And I was like, oh my God, like I was messaging Gary and there's a time difference between Gary and I by a couple yeah. of hours. So I'm up super early. He's still in bed and like texting him. I'm like, oh my God, wake up. Yes. Sending messenger pigeons to try and, try and wake him up. 
Um, it feels really, really, really good. It's our first major um, recognition. So it's it's always good to to know that other people see the same vision that you do. And that, that kind of helped um, reinvigorate us. I agree awesome. with all of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been great. <laughs> Just well, great. When he, That's when he fine. originally told me, I, I think I was depressed when he originally told me. So like to me, it's a BFD. Big fucking deal. But he, but like when he told me, I think I was depressed and I was like, oh, cool. You know, because I was half asleep too. But to be honest, it's kind of, and I know we didn't win and technically weren't really even nominated, but it's like, it feels like kind of the first thing I've ever really won, you know, and it's a huge validation for my art because my art is a little bit controversial and especially those next four levels that are coming up. Um, and so it's, you know, being recognized for it in any capacity is just amazing. Do you think you'd win? You said the, the next four levels are controversial. So if you put those four levels out first, you wouldn't have won anything? Or I think we would have won things, but there's... <clears throat> so in the last level of the game, there's um, an anti-Trump protest. Cool. Because it's an art game. And I think that yeah. the most important thing that an artist can do is use their voice. So um, I created that anti-Trump protest. It's called Americancer. And I created it when... Um, the day of the election, the day after the election, mm -hmm. because I was like this, I knew what was going to happen. I could feel it. Yeah. And then my mom actually got sick with um, leukemia and I left New York and moved into the hospital with her. And while I was in the hospital with her, I was working the whole time and she was creating artwork as well, her own artwork. And I created um, the main antagonist of the game, which is called the melancholy. And I finished Americancer, which is the art protest. And so she got to see it and, she was very much behind it. And um, and basically, it kind of just outlines all of the atrocities that were happening in the country at that time. And can you <laughs> even imagine the atrocities if I redid that thing? Like, it would have to be 80 feet long. <laughs> It'd be a whole but, other um, game. Yeah. So we couldn't yes. really have launched. We couldn't have launched the first four because that is sort of the PS3 resistance of the whole game. To yeah. say that this is an art game, mm -hmm. the mobile game industry is a legitimate platform for artists and we're using this game to make some causal change in the world and try to unite artists and convince them to 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 depict what's going on in the world because artists have this unique ability to change the way people think with their art because mm -hmm. you're not telling someone what to think you're showing them what you think and yeah. they can decide whether they feel the same way and that's the best way to change people's minds so artists first of all we're the first people to like stand up and say something because the comedians were the only ones telling the truth in the beginning and artists i think are the ones that have the opportunity to save the world because art is what's keeping the world going right now netflix yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely the amount of di the amount of digital creativity that's been out there um over these past couple of months like with sort of like drag or or any sort of art totally. form that that's that's gone live um and gone digital now it's been really really inspiring absolutely so Apart from Enter the Reveries, you mentioned obviously having your uh, amazing sort of plan for Seagullfish. Is there anything we can talk about that's on the horizon that you want to talk about? Or are we all sort of like just focusing on Enter the Reveries at the moment? Or what what's coming up for a Seagullfish that we can talk about? <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing coming up for us is just the next four levels. Um, because I do have the next... I do have all five games planned out. And... Um, I guess the only thing we can tell you is that the next one is probably going to be a console game and a, and a mobile game. There'll be different cool. aspects to it. Um, and that one is going to be um, one art style. 
Mm-hmm. And I already have the artists picked out for it. And that one's going to be geared towards more of a female audience. So okay. we're trying to like hit a lot of the different bases with our games. And um, yeah. you can skip, that's the cool thing about When you were asking earlier about mobile games getting a bad rap, the thing about it is, is that gamers have always used consoles. So it's like, you know, they have their little niche and that's what they, they, they enjoy. Jason's a very much a gamer. Um, and mobile games sort of are creating this mainstream movement for video games, you know, which is a weird thing when something that people really, you know, relate to goes mainstream. Mm. So I think that's where the backlash comes from. But I do think that the future in lots of ways is mobile. So um, we will, I'm not sure if all of our games will be mobile, but the next one definitely will be. Cool. I'm not sure if I even answered the question. <laughs> I go off on tangents. Next four levels coming soon. Android yeah. version coming soon. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. What's the um is is there a time frame on the next four levels or is that kind of dependent on, as you say, fundraising and stuff? Yeah, so it was, you know, last month, um, in the month before we were gonna kind of stagger the release of the levels. But you know, mm-hmm. as as COVID hit and the investors um pulled out, we had to kind of pivot to get funding elsewhere. So we're in the process of doing that now. Um, we're talking to, to quite a few different people, which is very exciting to know that people are still willing to, to support artistic endeavors now. So we're, we're hoping within the next couple of months, um, we can we can get, get the engine rev back up again and get these levels out. Most likely, um, we're going to probably release one or two at a time just to get some content out there. Because yeah. um, we don't want to, we don't want to take a lot of time polishing up the last four levels and like waiting, you know, waiting longer than we have to to just do two, mm. two of the levels. Yeah, makes sense. Now, uh, let's get away from Enter Everies for a second and we'll talk about sort of lockdown life. Um, <laughs> what games are you playing at the moment? Um, so I, <laughs> a ton, a lot. Um, so I just, you know, what the hell else am I doing? Exactly. I, I just did the uh, Final Fantasy XII remaster uh, for Switch, nice. big, big Switch fan. Um, and it's actually, this is kind of embarrassing to say, uh, my first Final Fantasy game. I've always been in the Zelda side of things. Um, That's fine, because I fessed up on the last podcast, actually, about having never played a Final Fantasy game. Oh, good, so, good. So I'm I'm clean with this. So it's cool. it's all, we're all good. You're not going to get shot in, in this sort of... Uh, in this environment with me hosting it was actually it was actually really really fun um and so now i'm like on this rpg kick so i'm i'm um like very deep into octopath traveler now as well um i don't know if you've played that but we Mm -hmm. um gary and i both really um enjoy a link to the past the super you know super nintendo zelda and this is this harkens back to the pixel art rpg era um so there's that and then finally um gary and i are both into am i mansplaining for you gary i might be mansplaining but gary and i are both mansplaining for another man i don't know Uh, you're gay explaining gay explaining uh, yeah gay explaining uh mortal Kombat 11 um we've been we've been playing a lot and then they just released the new downloadable content pack for that so i'm excited yep. to kind of see the extension of the storyline um so that's that's kind of my top three right now i could probably drone on forever but i will uh, turn it over <laughs> turn it over to gary <laughs> jason's more of a more of a gamer than i am but i did buy a switch when this lockdown happened because i went to walmart and there was nothing like nobody could get a switch around yeah. the world i think yeah but i yeah. went to walmart randomly and i just looked to my left and all of a sudden there was a switch on that shelf and i was like okay fine 300 bucks but um but i've been playing mortal Kombat, uh which i love um and we play this game called lovers in a dangerous space time which oh, is yeah. a little oh, indie nice. game we really love it it's gorgeous but the company went defunct so we're gonna buy it one day um <laughs> <laughs> but and i've also been playing dragon ball z but jason and i there's a point of contention because last time you played it I beat him nine times in a row, and he couldn't <laughs> even get a hit in. Oh, look, the so, recording's over. Uh... Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> look over there. <laughs> yeah, look over there. 
so um yeah we've been playing a lot of games in in this time um because there's obviously nothing else to do and exactly really cool exactly game. so obviously we're not allowed to say uh end the reveries uh but what's been your favorite game that you've played recently um, so when Gary and I are together, we always like to, we always have a game that is our game that we kind of just play because we see each other um, in person only once every every couple of months or so. So we've um, been delving into Yoshi's Crafted World, which is Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it's it's very chill. Um, yeah. You know, when you smoke a lot of weed. Oh, can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Denver. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when you smoke a lot of weed, and, um, you know, it's a very, very easy game to play. And it's artistically very cool the way that they did that with the, you know, the, the cutouts and the tape and the cardboard yeah. and stuff and playing the levels in reverse is very cool. Um, I'm also holding out for the new Breath of the Wild um, mm. coming up soon. So very excited about that one as well. Awesome. I, I like... I would have to say Mortal Kombat 11 right now. It is 11, right? Or is it X? Yeah. Mortal Kombat? I don't know. Um, the new one. Because <laughs> yeah. that was one of the first games that inspired me, I remember, when I was a kid. We had the Super Nintendo, and um, I loved that game. And fighting games have always kind of been my gig. But the truth is, like, if I had to say my most favorite game of all time, it was this game called Alice that came out for PC games back in the day. Because I like dark games, you know, games mm. that... And my artwork generally, except Enter the Reveries for some reason, is always very dark. So I heard that there's a new that they're coming up with a new version of Alice soon. I'm not really sure what console it's for, but I'm really excited for that. But other than that, Mortal Kombat, I'm really enjoying cool. it. Yeah. Uh, lastly then, how can people find out about you and about the game? Uh, what's website, social links, etc.? Sure. So the you know I'll just give the one you know entertheveries.com just so people can remember it, um, and then also just search for Enter the Reveries on Apple um, iTunes Store, and you'll you'll find our game. And soon, you know, like we said, soon soon for Android as well. Yeah, awesome. Pretty much just Enter the Reveries everywhere. Enter the Reveries everywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like, <laughs> yeah. We own that shit. You know, I got to use it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Gary and Jason, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and all the best for the game, for the future. Uh, stay safe uh, and everything else. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, great. pleasure. Thank you. Uh, so that's the end of our episode. A uh, big thank you to my guests, Amy, Caitlin, Gary, and Jason. And an even bigger thank you to you all for listening. We're back in two weeks with our next episode, but in the meantime, keep up with all the LGBTQ video gaming stories on Gaming Magazine. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss any of these amazing stories. We are at Gaming Mag. Uh, We'll see you next week. Goodbye.